The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Brian Burke is here. So if there is anything that you need to know about gardening, he is your man. He's RTE's super garden judge and an expert on all things botanical and horticultural. Brian, my grass is lovely. Oh, great. It came in very well. I'm, I'm delighted with myself. That's been a bit of an ongoing saga, hasn't and it? We can you box know? it off. Okay, now I need flowers. Okay. As we come into this bit of the season, the days are getting longer. The sun is shining. There's still enough wet that things are, are getting um, uh, watered. What should we be planting? What should we be planting? Well, I mean, we're into, if you go down to your garden centre, go down to Woody's, go down to your garden centre, and you will see the place will be replete with perennials. Flowering perennials. We're coming into prime time for all things flowering. So herbaceous perennials. So her, a herbaceous plant is a plant that has no permanent wood structure. It's, it'll, it'll, it'll produce plant tissue, foliage and flowers. That's what spring, herbaceous is. Spring and summer. It'll flower all summer long and then die away when the weather turns in autumn, winter, as opposed to a woody perennial. So it's all about herbaceous plants this time of the year. And what fits in the category of a herbaceous plant? Well, a herbaceous plant would be a flowering a flowering perennial such as, a couple of examples would be things like salvia. There's several, several varieties of salvia. Things like actea, things like lupins, things like foxgloves, things like erisimum, things like, things like that. Um, Achillea, antimus. These are the things that are going to provide the real head-turning colour throughout the summer. So a herbaceous border, you've, I'm sure you've heard that expression. Well, it's funny, we have a text saying, in gardening programmes I continually hear mention of herbaceous borders. What exactly are they and how do I create one? Right, exactly. That's very pertinent because we're, it's all about the herbaceous plants this time of the year. So a herbaceous border, is they're very synonymous with the old stately homes, the wall gardens in the stately homes. So the wall garden would have been a very productive area. There would have been an area of fruit, an area of herbs, an area of veg, and then an ornamental area that would have typically consisted of a herbaceous border. Now, we've moved away slightly from a bed that is 100% herbaceous purely because you need a full-time gardener to look after it, if it's of any, of any significant size, because there's a bit of maintenance with them. So we've moved from that into, into what we call mixed planting. So mixed planting is a mixture of woody plants, woody perennials, and herbaceous perennials, and things like perennial grasses, bulbs, annuals, biennials. Which means it doesn't look terrible during the winter, there's exactly. still something there. You, you get this thing called successional colour, seasonal interest, so you have something to look at throughout the year. The herbaceous border required a lot of maintenance, beautiful to look at for that prime June, July, August, but then for the remainder of the year wasn't wasn't so great. Interesting one that is sort of it is it is gardening adjacent rather than gardening specific. Okay. I'm gonna have a go at building a pergola this summer. What type of wood do I need to use? And does it need to be pressure treated? And if so, can I paint it? Wow, okay. Um, well, a pergola is typically a wood structure, right? It, it, the, the concept of the pergola originated in Southern Europe, Northern Africa. The idea being that you create this structure with open joists above your head, onto which you allow a plants, plants like wisteria, bougainvillea, clematis, things like that, to climb and provide shade. So you're outside, but you're protected from the punishing glare of the sun, but you're, you, you're, it's airy, it's open, it's not enclosed, right? We've started to adapt it in this country. Uh, we've, we're building pergolas now. We get a lot of rain, obviously. We're building pergolas now with things like polycarbonate roofing on them, with perspex sheeting, etc. on the top. So the timber... Again, depending on your space, I, I in myself in a pergola, I like to see weight in the timber, right? So try to avoid the real slender posts, like the three by three or four by four posts. If you can go for something like a six by six, 150 mil by 150 mil. Now, the 
needs to be wood. It's going to be outside. It has to it, be pressure treated. It's going to be, it needs to be resistant to the weather, right? Now, there are certain species of wood that are naturally resistant to I the weather. I can feel my wallet okay. starting to hurt already okay. as you say this, there, Brian. There are certain species that are naturally resistant to weather, like cedar and larch, for example. Now, if you go to North America... Every Where part- am I going to get a 6x6 six six cedar oh, post? Exactly. Hold on now. Every, every pergola you see in North America or any outside structure you would see would be made from cedar. They grow a lot of cedar over there. It's readily available. It's cheap as chips. They southern not, yellow pine and pressure treat the knickers ex- off it. Exactly. So your option here in this country is larch, which again is going to co- is going to run you a few quid, or pressure treated. Okay, so pressure treated is the way to go for a fairly affordable job, right? It's pressure impregnated with a treatment that makes it resistant to rot. Now, painting it. When it comes straight from the shop, there will be a little bit of residue on it. If you give it about six months to dry out, then you can paint it. Do not paint pressure-treated timber straight away. Do you need to paint it at all? Because it does fade to a nice grey. It does fade to a grey, silver. And if you're happy with that and you can live with that, that's fine. You can also put a light stain on it. There's a huge selection of stains on the market now, as well as, you know, colours, vibrant Colours, it's no longer a case in our gardens of you can have any colour you like as long as it's just a shade of brown. There's a lot of a lot of variety of colours out you there. You also now. need to be careful with what fasteners you use because the pressure treated chemicals can eat stuff that isn't galvanised or stainless. Exactly. I think they're the ones that you can use. Yeah, you, you need exterior fixings. So when you're getting your fixings, make sure they're decking screws and they're, they're exterior grade fixings. Interesting text saying, I want to start a modest veg garden with the kids. Can you recommend a few easy seeds to get us going? Would you go all the way from seed or would you just buy them when they're already a little sprouted? Well, if, you want, if you want something to kind of engender the love, was there kids mentioned in that text? If you want yes. something to engender the love in with kids, you need to start easy. Now, you're not going to get any easier with veg than radish, lettuce, lettuce. How easy is it to grow lettuce? Beetroot. Courgettes, easy to grow. Stay away, at entry level, stay away from things like your aubergines and your chilies, your peppers, your squashes, things like that. They're a little bit more problematic. You can grow onions, but grow them from sets. Don't try and grow, at entry level, don't try and grow onions from seed. Get the little sets. They're the preformed bulbs. You put them in, cover them to keep the birds away from them because they will swoop down and pick them up if they see little tips poking out of the soil. So cover them with a bit of netting and that's, very, there's four or five very simple entry level veg. Is the beetroot handy enough? Because kids, yeah. of all of the vegetables as a stand, I think if you threaten a kid with a radish, they'll probably run away. But if you offer yeah. them beetroot, you'll get some uptake. Absolutely. Is, it's handy enough to grow. Beetroot is so simple. And the beetroot seeds are, you get a pack of beetroot seeds and they're a lovely, easy to manage seed. They're a nice large seed. Some of these seeds, like lettuce seeds, for example, are tiny little specks that can be hard to manage for a child. Beetroot seed is much larger. It's easier to pick one out and place them, space them properly. The thing about beetroot, they don't transplant. So put them straight into their permanent position from the get-go. Around about now is perfect. Get your spot established out in the garden. Get them into their permanent home. They don't move very well. If we start planting them now, how long before we have beetroots that we can harvest? Uh, you're looking at about eight to nine weeks in or around. That quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They fly. You go from seed to edible beetroot in two months? Yeah. Yep. Don't give me the look that says this is obvious. I thought I thought <laughs> things took longer to get because a beetroot if, is a big meaty family. Like a lettuce, you said, there's not much to that. But a beetroot is a significant mass, significant piece of of of, of material. Yeah, but again, if 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 you're planting them in a raised planter and you're controlling the, the the nutrient level of that soil and it's good soil, it's free draining, it's full of goodness, and you're feeding it and looking after it, there's no reason why they shouldn't fly. You know. Last thing fertilising of a lawn. If, like me, you find yourself in a position where the first time in a long time you actually have a lawn, 
when do you fertilise it? Well, you can still put on a nitrogen-rich fertiliser now, right? Because we are, I mean, we're, we're, we're into what we call now early summer, right? So it's still okay to do all things lawn now. The only, the reason being, we, the reason we do it earlier in the spring is because there's so much moisture around. If you can guarantee that the, the lawn is still going to get the moisture it needs, i.e. via the hose, you can still do whatever you like with the lawn now. I, I will, as always, take you up on that, Brian. Brian, okay. thank you so much. That is Brian Burke, who is RTE Super Garden Judge. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.